الحمد لله رب العالمين له الحمد الحسن والثناء الجميل وأشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له وأشهد أن سيدنا ونبينا محمد صلى الله عليه وعلى آله وأصحابه والتابعين لهم بإحسان إلى يوم الدين أما بعد وعن the explanation of the kitab ثلاثة الأصول وأدلتها the three fundamentals written by Muhammad ibn Sulaiman al-Tamimi Inshallah ta'ala Today we're going to carry on from where we left off last lesson. If you guys remember properly, last lesson we covered and we went over the introduction. Isn't that not the case? How many introductions did we say that the author started his book with? Three introductions. How do you recognize those three introductions? They all start with I'lam. Now, some scholars, they said, was these three introductions added after the book was written? Or was it part of the book? It's a discussion. Some scholars, they said, these three introductions that we just took last lesson, did the author write it with the book? Or was it something he added on later? Or even some scholars, they said, was it added on by someone else? Are we all together? That which seems apparent, that these three introductions, the author himself writ it for the book. From the author, author himself. The author then says, Rahimahullah, فَإِذَا قِيلَ مَلَكَ مَا الْأُصُولُ الثَّلَاثَةُ الَّتِي يَجِبُ عَلَى الْإِنسَانِ مَعْرِفَتُهَا فَقُلْ مَعْرِفَةُ الْعَبْدِ رَبَّهُ وَدِينَهُ وَنَبِيَّهُ مُحَمَّدًا صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمُ Now we're going to go into the body, the gist of the book. فَإِذَا قِيلَ لَكَ If it's said to you, if someone asks you, what are the three fundamentals that is obligatory on every individual to know? What are the three obligations, the three things which are mandatory that everyone must know? The author, Rahimahullah, he mentions these three things. Write this down. Three things. That the humans have to know it. The first one is Ma'arifatul Ma'abudi Alladi Tujalulahul Ibadah to know the one that is worshipped, which the ibadah is done for. Who is he? Who is it that we are worshipping? The first one is Ma'arifatul Ma'abudi Alladi. Knowing the one we are doing the ibadah for. And that is Allah. It's the first thing everyone needs to know. Who are you worshipping? Remember this. Knowing Allah is categorized into two. Knowing Allah is what? It's categorized 
uh, into two. The first one is Ma'rifa Mujmala, a comprehensive knowledge about Allah. Are we all together? So you have to know Allah in a general manner. And the second one is a detailed knowledge of Allah. Ma'rifa, a knowledge which is tafsiliya, detailed. You have to know him in great details. Are we all together, brothers? The shaykh here, he's referring to the comprehensive general knowledge about Allah. Not everyone has to know Allah in great details because not everybody can do that. But he's talking about knowing Allah what? Here now you might ask yourself a question and you might say to yourself, what is the comprehensive knowledge of knowing Allah? What is the amount of knowledge that I have to have about Allah? It's the amount that the author mentioned in his book. What he mentioned in his book is the knowledge that you must have of Allah Azza wa Jalla. Are we all together brothers? The second is Knowing the one that is conveying on behalf of Allah. Who is he? وَهُوَ الرَّسُولُ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهُ وَسَلَّمُ And this is the messenger صلى الله عليه وسلم. Who is this man who is conveying on behalf of Allah? Who is he? We all have to know him, right? We all have to know him. Again, knowing the messenger صلى الله عليه وسلم is categorized into two. A comprehensive knowledge and a what? and a detailed knowledge a comprehensive knowledge and a detailed knowledge the comprehensive knowledge of the Prophet ﷺ is what the author is referring to that you have to know about the Prophet are we all together brothers? and the detailed knowledge that is for the ulama, the great scholars or the students of knowledge the layman, the general folk the amount that he needs to know about Allah and his messenger it's what's stated and mentioned in this book the, sec- the third thing that everyone has to know is how to do this ibadah you have to know how to do this ibadah How to worship Allah Tabaraka wa Ta'ala. And this is the religion. Again, the religion is divided into two comprehensive knowledge and detailed knowledge. The author Rahimullah is referring to what? When he says, Allah, when the author says you have to know the religion, does he mean you have to know every single thing about Islam? No, he means the comprehensive matters of the religion. The necessary knowledge. The detailed knowledge is for a group of people. If you learn it, it's good. But there is an amount that you have to know. Are we all together? Some of the fuqaha like Shaykh al-Islam ibn Taymiyyah, Qadi Iyad and others, they mention, the person has to know the Prophet's name. Someone says to you, what's Nabi Muhammad's name? And you say, I don't know. 
You're a sinner. Are we all together, brothers? You have to know that his name is Muhammad. Anything more than that, the scholars, they say, you're not a sinner for not knowing it, but it does reduce from, it does reduce from your iman, it does reduce from your ittiba, your following of him, it will reduce from it. Are we all together? These three, ponder over it. The first one is al-ma'bud, the one that's worshipped. The second is al-muballigh anil ibadah, al-muballigh anillahi ta'ala, the one that's conveying to you on Allah. And the third one is how do you do the ibadah? All three of them you have to have knowledge. The first one is Allah, the second one is the messenger, and the third one is the religion of Islam. We were created for that worship, that purpose. Did, we, did Allah not say, Ya Yuhan Nasu'u, Ya Yuhan Nasu'u, Budu Rabbakum. O people, worship your Lord. You can't worship Allah unless you know the one you're worshipping. Unless you understand and you have knowledge of the one that's conveying this religion to you. And the third one is, you know how to do the worship, which is the religion. Have to know these three. You can't fulfill this ayah, you won't be able to. Then the author, rahimahullah, he says, first, now we finished the three. We mentioned it quickly, right? Now we're going to go into each one. Allah, the messenger, and the religion. And that's the body of, the, of this book. You're hearing the name, Thalathatul Usul. Three fundamentals. The three fundamentals are what? Allah, the messenger, and the religion. That's it. The author says, فَإِذَا قِيلَ لَكَ مَنْ رَبُّكَ فَقُرْ رَبِّيَ اللَّهُ الَّذِي رَبَّانِي وَرَبَّا جَمِيعَ الْعَالَمِينَ بِنِعْمَتِهِ وَهُوَ مَعْبُودِ لَيْسَ لِي مَعْبُودٌ سِوَاهُ وَالدَّلِيلُ قَوْلُهُ تَعَالَى الْحَمْدُ لِلَّهِ رَبِّ الْعَالَمِينَ وَكُلُّ مَا سِوَى اللَّهِ عَالَمٌ وأنا واحد من ذلك العالم فإذا قيل لك بما عرفت ربك فقل بآياته ومخلوقاته ومن آياته الليل والنهار والشمس والقمر ومن مخلوقاته السماوات السبع ومن فيهن والأرضون السبع ومن فيهن وما بينهما والدليل قوله تعالى لخلق السماوات والأرض أكبر من خلق الناس وقوله تعالى ومن آياته الليل والنهار والشمس والقمر لا تسجدوا للشمس ولا للقمر واسجدوا لله الذي خلقهن إن كنتم إياه تعبدون وقوله تعالى إن ربكم الله الذي خلق السماوات والأرض في ستة أيام ثم استوى على العرش يغشي الليل النهار يطلبه حثيثا والشمس والقمر والنجوم مسخرات بأمره ألا له الخلق والأمر تبارك الله رب العالمين والرب هو المعبود والدليل قوله تعالى يا أيها الناس عبدوا ربكم الذي خلقكم 
يا أيها الناس اعبدوا ربكم الذي خلقكم والذين من قبلكم لعلكم تتقون الذي جعل لكم الأرض فراشا والسماء بناء وأنزل من السماء وأنزل من السماء ماء فأخرج به من الثمرات رزقا لكم فلا تجعلوا لله أندادا وأنتم تعلمون قال ابن كثير رحمه الله تعالى الخالق لهذه الأشياء هو المستحق للعبادة After the author رحمه الله he told us that the foundations are how many? Three. He now goes into the first one in details. And the first one is Ma'rifatul Abdi, the slave knowing his what? Knowing his Lord, Allah Tabaraka wa Ta'ala. The author said, if someone says to you, Marabbuk. And the issue here isn't whether someone might say to you who's your lord this will be said to you you will be asked who is your lord let your response be rabbi allah my lord is allah alladhi rabbani the one that nurtured me cultivated me wa alamina and he cultivated this whole entire universe the insects the creatures all of them he nurtured them Subhanahu wa ta'ala. With what? Bin'imatihi, with his blessings. He nurtured this whole entire world, all on his blessings. Remember the scholars they mention when Allah gives you, it's because of his blessings. And when he punishes you, it's because of his justice. You all understand? He bestows his mercy on the creation. And he gives to them based on his mercy and his kindness and his generosity, subhanahu wa ta'ala. The reason why we say that is because we do not deserve what Allah is giving us. For two reasons. Number one, we have not done anything yet for Allah to give us all of this. He gave it to us before we could do anything to praise him. He gave you eyesight. He gave you hearing, he gave you everything, and you haven't done anything for it. And number two is, even when he allows you to do good with what he has given you, you will never be able to fulfill it to its complete form. You can never thank him enough. And number three, is that when you do thank him for what he's given you, it's a blessing again that he's given you. To allow you to what? Show gratitude to him. Are we all together, brothers? And when Allah punishes us, it's because we do deserve it. It's justice. See, it's fairness. Subhanahu wa ta'ala. And if you look at it like that, you will never say the question, why did Allah do this to me? You'll never say that. People say, why did Allah do this to me? And why is it happening to me? Because they believe they deserve it. This was their rights that was taken from them. No, it wasn't yours. It was by who? By Allah. Mm. Allah Taala again, as I mentioned, it's a blessing for him to give you this. True or false? 
it's to give you eyesight, it's to give you hearing. It's a blessing, it's kindness from you. He doesn't have to. You don't deserve it as a human. Are we all together? The scholars, they said, I mean, the hadith mentions, القيامة, A man will be brought the day of judgment. Since the day he was born, he was dragged on his face for the sake of Allah. He was dragged on his face, humiliated, belittled, for the sake of Allah. When he comes the day of judgment, he's going to belittle his action. What he did, he's going to belittle it. Are we all together? This eyesight is a blessing. We don't, it by itself, and all the good that we're doing, the salah, the ibadah that we're doing, and the eyesight, the eyesight would outweigh all of that. We're all together. So, we don't believe when Allah doesn't give you eyesight, or Allah doesn't give you hearing, to think that you deserve it because other people have eyesight. It's a fallacy and a mistaken belief. The author, rahimahullah, he mentioned the statement here, which is, who is your Lord? I want you to remember this, brothers. The word Rabb and the word Ilah. The word Rabb and the word Ilah. You all know that? The word Rabb and Al-Ilah. So we have the word And the word Alila. Uh, yeah, who can help us here? What are these terms? What are the difference between these terms? Uh, yeah. So Rabb is a sustainer, provider, all of that. And Ilah is? Mm. Amazing answer. Did you all hear the answer? I'll break it down for you guys. The word Arab and the word Ilah, the difference between it is Arab refers to Allah's actions, the actions He does. Rabb, Allah, the, Allah does actions, true or false? Like what you mentioned nurturing, creating, sustaining. All of these are actions that come from Allah Azza wa Jal. Are we all together? That's the word Rabb. Are we all together? And that's where the word Tarbiya comes from. Rabb, Tarbiya. He nurtures. You're giving Tarbiya to this child. Tarbiya comes from the root word Rabb. You all get it now? You're nurturing someone. So Allah is doing that to the creation. Ilah means what? It means the actions of the humans, you, your actions. Your act of, of worship is done for Allah alone. You're worshiping alone. You're praying to Him. You're fasting for Him. You're giving charity for Him. Your actions, only for Him. Like in Arabu means you're singling Allah in His actions. That you're saying He's the only creator. He's the only sustainer, the only provider. That's his actions. And then the second one is, you're singling Allah in what? In your, in your actions. But the word Arab and Al-Ilah 
even though they have those two differences, they are the terms which the scholars say, they can be interchangeably used. Sometimes the word Rabbu can mean ilah and Rabb at the same time, and the term ilah can sometimes mean Rabb and ilah together. Does that make sense? Am I making sense here? They can take each other's places at some situations. Like, Ya ayyuhal nasu, u'budu rabbakum. U'budu rabbakum here, it means rabb and ilah. Does that make sense? But it also has separate meaning as well. Am I making sense? It can have two separate meanings as well. Here, It means فَإِذَا قِيلَ لَكَ مَنْ رَبُّكَ When you are asked who your, who your Lord is, it means both meanings. مَنْ رَبُّكَ means مَنْ إِلَاهُكَ And also مَنْ رَبُّكَ Most of them. Does that make sense? This is what it means مَنْ رَبُّكَ If somebody asks you who is your Lord, you respond by saying رَبِّي اللَّهُ My Lord is Allah الَّذِي رَبَّانِي The one that nurtured me وَرَبَّى جَمِيعَ الْعَالَمِينَ he nurtured this whole entire universe because of his blessings. Subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah is the one I worship. I have no one else that I worship except him. Subhanahu. He's the only one I worship. The author, Rahimahullah, he connected rububiyah and uluhiyah together. That's where the word rububiyah comes from the word rabb. And Uluhiyah comes from Al-Ilah. You all know that, right? Rububiyah comes from Al-Rabb. And Al-Uluhiyah comes from what? Al-Ilah. It comes from the word Al-Ilah. Does that make sense? I want you to understand the discussion and the dialogue that was happening between Nabi Muhammad and the Arab pagans. You all know the Arab pagans, right? Quraysh. The discussion was never about Arab. Quraysh. They believed Allah is the only creator. Allah is the only sustainer. Allah is the only provider. They believed that. It was never a question. It was never an argument. Am I making sense? They did not argue on that. They were never saying there's another creator other than Allah. They were not saying there are other providers other than Allah. This was never the reason why the Battle of Badr happened, or the Battle of Uhud happened, or any of the Prophet's battles, or why he went back and forth with Quraysh. The reason was they were not singling Allah in their actions, Quraysh. Are we all together, brothers? They're saying Allah is the only creator, Allah is the only sustainer, Allah is the only provider. They were saying that. Okay, so then why are you worshipping these idols? What were they saying? They were saying, Man illa They were giving their own reasons. The point I want you to take on board here is the problem was this. 
singling Allah in their actions. They were diverting their ibadah for other than Allah. And they were saying, I can't go to Allah directly. I'm a sinner. I have to go through the awliya. We have to go through the righteous people. We've committed many crimes on our tongues, on our clothing. We can't go to Allah directly. We have to put between us and Allah someone. Are we all together? Another benefit, second point. Are there intermediaries between Allah and the creation? Are there anyone in between us and Allah? Yes and a no. There is one intermediary between us and Allah in conveying the message of Islam and that is Nabi Muhammad. The message being conveyed, the Prophet is our intermediary and there's no other way we know what Allah wants except through Nabi Muhammad. Sah. That's in terms of Ar-Risala. Ar-Risala. In terms of the message, there is an intermediary. As for Al-Ibadah, worship, there is no one between us and Allah. When it comes to Al-Ibadah, we're directing on to Allah. Meaning we're worshipping Him alone, subhanahu wa ta'ala. Am I making sense here? We don't go through Nabi Muhammad to worship Allah or anyone else. We go directly to Allah ourselves, subhanahu wa ta'ala. Am I making sense? So, what does it mean knowing Allah? I'm going to summarize this point for you, inshallah ta'ala. Knowing Allah ta'ala means four things. Write this down. Knowing Allah means, means four things. Knowing Allah means what? It means four things. Knowing Allah exists. Knowing what? Knowing Allah exists. You know Allah exists. That's the first. Knowing Allah, this is the first point. You have to know He exists, subhanahu wa ta'ala. Second one is. You believe in Allah's rububiyyah. And rububiyyah, what does it mean? You believe Allah, He is alone in the actions that He does. Rububiyyah means Allah is alone in the actions that He does, subhanahu wa ta'ala. Number two. Sorry, number three, right? Number three. Ma'rifatu uluhiyyatihi. And that is to single Allah Taala in the acts of worship that you do. To single Allah Taala in the acts of worship that you do. You only do it for Him, Subhanahu Wa Taala. And the fourth is knowing Allah's names and attributes. Allah has what? Asma. He has what? Asma and he has Sifat. Names. And he has characteristics. And characteristics. Names and characteristics. Or names and attributes. Am I making sense? 
which one is more, the names or the characteristics? Which one is more, Allah's names or Allah's characteristics? Kaya, Ashraf. Are you as a way? Okay. Asma is what? Names. Asifat is characteristics. Allah has names and characteristics. Which one is more? His names or his characteristics? His characteristics. Correct. That's right. Every name of Allah is what? A characteristics. Every name is a characteristics. But not every characteristics is a is a is a uh, name. Like for example, Allah, He descends. Does He not come down the last third of the night? So we believe Allah has Sifatun Nuzul. He descends. Can we make a name for Him and say Abdul Nuzul? Can we call someone Abdul Nuzul? No, we can't. So there are characteristics that Allah has. We give him the characteristics. As for the name, the name, we say what? It has to be evidence for it, the name. So anyways, the names are all characteristics, but not every characteristic is a, is a name. Are we all together? You have to believe in this. The groups, when it comes to Allah's names, are three types, or four. Four groups, when it comes to Allah's names. Al-Jahmiyyah, Al-Mu'tazila, Al-Asha'ira, and the fourth group is Ahlus Sunnati Wal Jama'ah. The groups when it comes to Allah's names and attributes. The first group are the Jahmiyyah. They rejected the names and the attributes, both. They don't give Allah any names and they don't give Allah any characteristics. So they said no to names. And no two characteristics. Who are they? The Al Jahmiya, right? Am I making sense? This is the benefits of the introduction. Remember the introduction in Aqidah? This is where it comes beneficial. The Jahmiya, they go back to a man by the name of Jaham ibn, Jaham ibn Safwan, who took from Ja'ad ibn Dirham. Jaham ibn Safwan, Jahmiya, they named after him. He rejected Allah's names and so did he reject Allah's characteristics and he is um, from the early people or the early person who came to this issue of Allah's names and attributes. The second group are the Mu'tazila and they come from a man by the name of Wasim ibn Ata' or Amr ibn Ubaid Al-Mu'tazila. Are we together? Huh? Wasil. Wasil. Wasil ibn Ata'. I think. And Amr ibn Ubaid. 
The Mu'tazila comes from these two guys, mainly Was ibn Atta. This man, by the, way, by the way, he was a student of Hassan al-Basri. He took knowledge from Hassan al-Basri. This name, al-Mu'tazila, was coined by Hassan al-Basri. How? When he came to his gathering, and Was ibn Atta, he came with the issue of the, the Murtakib al-Kabira, the one who does major sins. And this discussion came up. Hassan al-Basri responded, and he was a teacher. And Wasil was a student. He didn't like the response of his teacher, Hassan al-Basri. And so he argued. Hassan al-Basri said, I'tazil anna. I'tazil anna. Get away from our gathering. Leave us. So they became called al-Mu'tazila. We all together? The flogged ones. The... So that's where the Mu'tazila come from. The third group is the Asha'ira. Sorry, what did the Mu'tazila say when he came to the names of Allah? Of Allah? They said, we accept the names, not the characteristics. Asma' bighayri sifat. They said names without any characteristics. We accept the name, but not the characteristics. Are we all together, brothers? Al-Asha'irakim. <coughs> who attribute themselves to Abil Hassan al-Ash'ari in his second stage. He had three stages. When he was a Mu'tazili himself, Abil Hassan al-Ash'ari, and then he became a Kullabi, Kullabi, Kullabi. He can't be an Ash'ari, he's the one who brought the group. He was a Kullabi. That was the second stage. And the third stage is that he became a Sunnah. Generally, he became from them Mu'taqad of Sunnah. He repented. They follow him in his second stage, in the middle stage. And these are the ones that you see majority around the world today. They're the most now. Are we all together? Al-Sha'ira. The Maturidi and Al-Sha'ira, generally they, they're the same. They only differ on minute issues like Mas'alat al-Tahseen wa Taqbih al-Aqliyayn and Issues like that. But generally, the Asha'ira, the Maturidiyya are one. And the Maturidiyya are common in India, right? Because they follow the Hanafi Madhab. And the Asha'ira generally don't follow the Hanafi Madhab. But in terms of Aqeedah, they are... The Asha'ira and the Maturidiyya are the same. The Asha'ira... They said, we accept Allah's names. Asha'ira said, we accept Allah's names. We accept what? We accept Allah's names. And we accept part of Allah's characteristics. Part. Am I making sense here? They said, okay, what part do you accept? What part do you accept? They said, we only accept seven. Seven. Of Allah's characteristics we accept. Are we all together, brothers? Am I making sense? So the Asha'ira, and they coined these seven Sifat Dhatiya. Sifat Dhatiya. Sifat Dhatiya means characteristics that are connected to Allah's essence. And there are other characteristics that are connected to Allah's Mashi'ah. He does it when he wants and he leaves it whenever he wants. Are we all together? Like for example, 
descending is a characteristic that's connected to Allah's will, will, because He does it when He wants. Are we all together? Like in hearing and seeing is connected to Allah's essence. It never detaches itself from Allah Azza wa Jal. Does that make sense? They said, we'll accept seven of Allah's So when you look at these three, these three groups, who's closest to Ahlul Sunnah? Uh, sorry, let me mention to Ahlul Sunnah belief. Ahlul Sunnah belief, we affirm all of Allah's names and we affirm all of Allah's characteristics. We affirm all of them. When we look at all of the groups, who's closest to Ahlul Sunnah? Ashayair are the closest. Are we all together, brothers? And through history, they have this claim where they never got much refutation from the early scholars, like Imam Ahmed and other great scholars. They never got a lot of refutation from the early Salaf, specifically them, the Ash'ara, not much. There were refutations against them, they're not overwhelming, like the Jahmiya and the Mu'tazila got it. Because when there are two evils, one is greater and another one's less, who do you focus on? The one who's got the greatest evil. These are rejecting Allah's names and so the ulama of Ahlul Sunnah they focus on these two groups. And so they were feeding over that time with Ahlul Sunnah and pretending to be with them until Shaykh al Islam Taymiyyah came. When he came, he made it his business. He made it his shuluhu shagil, rahimahullah. And he took all the figureheads, dismantled the arguments. There's an issue I would love to talk to you about. I would love to discuss it with you guys. But it's not for this book. The reason, I just, I'm going to write on the board. If you want to do your own research, you can. If you want to look into it more, you can. The reason, the reason, the reason, the reason why all three groups rejected Allah's characteristics on different scales of course is because of an issue called Dalilu Al-A'raf Wa Huduth Al-Ajsam This is it. Dalil al-A'raz wa hudooth al-Ajsam. This issue will leave it for a greater book. This issue for the Ash'a'ira, the Mu'tazira, the Jihamiya. This is it. This is, the, this is where all the problem came from. For them, for them to come to this conclusion. I'm just going to mention one point. The reason why they came against Allah's names was not what they intended. It was a result of something that happened before that. Something took place before that which trinkled into the issue of Allah's names and attributes. Which was what? The issue of proving whether Allah exists or not. All these three groups, they are all referred to as Mutakallimin. When you read the word Mutakallimin, Ahlul Kalam, it's these groups. 
We all together, brothers. The mutakallimin at the early stages, whose works were they reading? Whose works were they reading? Aristotle. They were reading Aristotle, Plato, and etc. These works. Ibn Al-Aflatan and all these, these Greeks. And they were amazed with what they read. They were baffled. Gobsmacked. Lost of words. So they took these books and they wrote it down. Amazed with what they were reading. But these philosophers, they were alluding to something. Which is that this universe is infinite. And there's no creator. And so them liking what they're reading, they are by default being forced to accept these premises. Am I making sense? And so they said, no, no, we're going to respond. And in their response, they came up with and I won't go into it now. They came up with this. But I just want to mention something. When a sha'ira say, the sha'ira group, they have a belief which is the first obligation. The first thing that's obligatory on everybody, according to the sha'ira, is what? Another. True or false? If you didn't know, remember this. According to the sha'ira, we believe the first obligation upon the person is to say, right? To come into Islam. According to the Asha'ira, no. The first obligation on everybody is observation. To observe. Observe what? Dalilul Aradi wa Hudut al Ajsam. Another means Dalilul Aradi wa Hudut al Ajsam. Yesterday, I was reading the kitab written by Jawharat al Tawheed, Bayjur and Ibrahim al Laqani. One of the Hawashi. I was reading, I was shocked when I came across this, that it took them, they love this issue. Dalilul Aradu Hudut al Ajsam is everything for the Asha'ira. They mentioned that if a person wants to say Allahu Akbar in the Salah, the prerequisite is that they utter the Dalilul Aradu Hudut al Ajsam. They utter it before the Salah. It's a Shartun li Sihat Salah. It's a condition for the acceptance of the prayer. That's how far they went with this issue. We'll leave it for another time, inshallah ta'ala. That's what Ahl Sunnah refuted them with. That's Sahih. The response Ahl Sunnah gave was, to the Mu'tazila, how can you accept the names and reject the characteristics? How? The name has the characteristics in it. So Ahlul Sunnah responded to that. Are we all together? To be honest, the way to respond to both of these groups is easy. The reason why they're running away from it is they believe that if they say Allah Ta'ala is, He has these characteristics, we're liking Him to the creation. Then Allah exists and we exist and our two existences are the same, then is that, is that what we're going to say? No. Are we all together? If you believe Allah exists and we also exist, how do you distinguish one existence from the other existence? 
They say, no, 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 Allah's existence befits his majesty and your, your, your existence befits you. And we say that's the same with all the characteristics. Why are you rejecting it? Does that make sense? Existence, existence. But to this, this class, we don't want to talk about names and attributes. This subject is nothing to do with that. Now, we said knowing Allah is useful, right? How can one know Allah? How? What can lead me to knowing Allah Ta'ala? The author mentioned two things. There are two things that will lead you to know who Allah is. The first one is looking at the universal science. What are you looking at? You look at the, the universal science, the universe. Are we all together? By looking at the universe, it will lead you to Allah Taala. Allah says in the Quran, um, What's the beginning? What's the beginning of the ayat? What's the beginning? They're pondering over what? Over this universal signs and everything around them. And what do they say when they look at all of that? Rabbana. Straight away, it leads to believing Allah created it. The more they look at this universe, the more it starts to become clear to them that Allah is the one who is the one who created it. One second. I was discussing recently uh, with a brother uh, the book that was written by Charles Darwin. He wrote a book called The Natural Selection, right? Where he talks about the concept of evolution. Uh, the concept of evolution. SubhanAllah, not that Charles Darwin did this. Like in the concept of what he did when he traveled the world, started to compare species, looked at the birds of different lands. It reminds me of the ayah qul siru fil ardi fanduru kayfa bada Allah al-khalq sah Go travel the earth and look at how Allah created things. Islam is a religion that instructs us to observe. Go look. Because it's nothing, Allah is not scared that when you look at the universe it's going to become clear to you that he doesn't exist. No. <laughs> Rather, it's going to fascinate you more how he created all of this. Are we all together? The more you look at this phone, the more you see how it works, the more you're impressed with the company that made it. You're like, wow. Samsung are doing good. And the, rest, and the names go on. The more you look at the universe, the more it makes you know that this is the creator who did this. So ponder over the universal signs. Second one is, التدبر في آيات الشرعية 
Pondering on what? On the verses in the Quran, the book of Allah. Now, anyone know the difference between a tafakkur and a tadabbur? Who knows the difference between the two? A tafakkur and a tadabbur. Both mean contemplating, pondering. They don't know the difference? Tafakkur is used for the universal signs, and Tadabur is generally used for the Quran. Are we together, brothers? Tafakkur is used for generally the universal signs. The universal signs. And the word Tadabur is generally used for what? The Quranic, the hadiths. When you look at them and you ponder over it, you use the word Tadabur. And you use Tafakkur with what? The sun, the moon, the stars, and everything. Sah? Generally. Again, they are, from, they are from the terms which are what? Um, they are from the terms that they can interchangeably be used as well. The author now goes into Another point. He says, والدليل قوله تعالى وأن المساجد لله فلا تدعو مع الله أحدا فمن صرف منها شيئا لغير الله فهو مشرك كافر والدليل قوله تعالى ومن يدعو مع الله إلها آخر لا برهان له به فإنما حسابه عند ربه إنه لا يفلح الكافرون the author, he spoke about, before remember, that it's obligatory that we worship who? Who do we worship? Allah wa ta'ala. And that he's the only one who deserves it. The author felt there is a need to mention the different types of ibadah. And he divided the ibadah into two. Remember, we're talking about what did I say that the Kuffar of Quraysh, they affirmed? What did the Kuffar of Quraysh affirm? Tawheedu? Tawheedu al-Rububiyya. Did the Kuffar of Quraysh affirm it? Yeah? Meaning, they affirmed that Allah, He does actions, subhanahu wa ta'ala, that He's alone in. Did they affirm that? Yes, no? They did. Okay. 
So why are you guys saying kuffar of Quraysh have Tawheed? When you say they came with Tawheed or Rububi, you're saying they, they have Tawheed. So you believe the kuffar of Quraysh have a part of Tawheed in them? But they've got part of, part of Tawheed. So let's say this. You believe the kuffar of Quraysh have part of Tawheed in them. Everybody record this, okay? Yes, yes, we do believe that. Allah said in the ayah, وَمَا يُؤْمِنُوا أَكْثَرُهُمْ بِاللَّهِ وَمَا يُؤْمِنُوا وَمَا يُؤْمِنُوا And the line, وَمَا يُؤْمِنُوا وَمَا يُؤْمِنُوا أَكْثَرُهُمْ بِاللَّهِ The majority of them do not believe in Allah, in Allah, إِلَّا وَهُمْ مُشْرِكُونَ Whilst they are mushriks. يُؤْمِنُوا means they believe in Allah, تُحِيدُ الرُّوبِيَةِ وَهُمْ مُشْرِكُونَ أَيْفِ Okay, Quraysh came with Rububiyyah. The whole discussion was about Uluhiyyah. So what does Uluhiyyah mean in essence? What, is, what does Uluhiyyah mean? Huh? It is the single, so write this down. If the whole discussion is about Uluhiyyah, there's no point in discussing Rububiyyah now, sir. Is there? There isn't. But nowadays, to be honest, it's important to study Rububiyyah as well because of atheists. The atheists, they came and they, they rejected all of that. So we might have to go back to Uluhiyah now, study Uluhiyah more. But the Qur'an really focuses on which one? Uluhiyah. Those who reject Allah's Rububiyah are mentally deranged, mentally disturbed. They need a mental, mental health check. That's the truth. I don't think it's wise to argue with these people, these famous atheists. They should have a mental health check and see if they are sane. Are you together? That's the truth. And people are entertaining them like they're smart people. Like they're actually smart people. Richard Dawkins actually believes, I was shocked. He believes it's permissible. Mild pedophilia, he says, no problem. Mild pedophilia, he said, it's no problem. Lawrence Krauss said, have an intimate relationship with your mother. He said, there's no problem. As long as you take contraception. Condition, take contraception. So the point I'm coming to is if that's, if that's not majnoon, what, would, what are we waiting for? And we're together, brothers. I was talking to my auntie. She lives in the jungle. She looks after camels. She takes care of camels and whatnot in Somalia. And I thought to myself, I want to, I want to see my auntie. I want to discuss with her that Allah doesn't exist. I just want to see her fitrah. This is the fitrah, right? These people don't. The fitrah. I said to her, listen, there are some people out there in the world considered to be the smartest people on this universe, and they are truly arguing that there's no God. I said, who made this all this world? Stars, the moon. She said, all this. Who made it? Yeah, it came out of nowhere. She looked at me. She said, okay, if I see my camel walk and I see footprints, I said, yes. How simple their mind is. These are sane people alive. And you tell me that these footprints came out of nowhere. She'll slap you to sleep. 
Faith. I saw footprints. And you tell me these footprints, yeah, they just came about. Prove to me these footprints came from the camel. Ya Rabbi And we look together, simple. Her mind is very, very simple. That's sanity, and this is, this is, this is sanity. So these atheists are saying, it's not science. All together. And my auntie and those who, the simple Muslims, are very sane. And this is insanity. These atheists are insane. So, since the discussion is about uluhiyah, it's important to understand because the definition of uluhiyah means what? Ifradullahi bilaybada. To single Allah in what? Uluhiyah means the whole discussion is about ifradullah. So, the what does ibadah mean? The author divided the ibadah into two. Okay? He gave you three general. So, he gave you a general form. Um, Ijmal and Tafsir. The Ijmal, he gave you three. Al-Islam, Al-Iman, and Al-Ihsan. Those are the three types of ibadah which are general. And then he gave you Tafsil. Al-Khawf, Wal-Raja, Wal-Raghba, Wal-Rahbat, Wal-Inabat, Wal-Khawsh, all of that. Are we all together? Those are the detailed ones. The evidence that he used for that is Um, is the statement of Allah وَأَنَّ الْمَسَاجِدَ لِلَّهِ فَلَا تَدْعُوا مَعَ اللَّهِ Allah فَلَا تَدْعُوا مَعَ اللَّهِ أَحَدًا The masajids are for who? The masajids are for Allah Don't worship anyone with Allah in the masajids So all these ibadat they're only for who? Who are they for? The author, Islam is a ibadah, Iman is a ibadah, and Ihsan is a ibadah. Okay. What about Al-Dua, Al-Khawf, Al-Raja, Al-Tawakkul, Al-Raghba, Al-Rahba, Al-Khushu', Al-Khashya, Al-Inaba, Al-Istaada, Al-Istaana, Al-Istighatha, Al-Dabh, Al-Nadar, all of these are what? They're ibadat as well. You can't turn all of any of these to who? Anyone, anyone, only Allah Azza wa They're only for who? For Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And the author brought two evidences. And also, anyone who calls on to anyone who calls on to other than Allah, he diverts any of those ibadat. For anyone other than Allah, فَإِنَّمَا حِسَابُ عِنْدَ رَبِّي his accountability is with who? Allah is going to deal with you. And then Allah says, إِنَّوْ لَا يُفْلِحُ الْكَافِرُونَ Kafir. Diverting any of these ibadah is a what? It's kufr. It's disbelief. Then the author, rahimahullah, he says, وَفِي الْحَدِيثِ الدُّعَاءُ مُخُّ الْعِبَادَةِ وَالدَّلِيلُ قَوْلُهُ تَعَالَى وَقَالَ رَبُّكُمْ مُدْعُونِي أَسْتَجِبْ لَكُمْ إِنَّ الَّذِينَ يَسْتَكْبِرُونَ عَنْ عِبَادَتِي سَيَدْخُلُونَ جَهَنَّمَ دَاخِرِينَ وَالدَّلِيلُ الْخَوْفِ قَوْلُهُ تَعَالَى 
إنما ذلكم الشيطان يخوف أولياءه فلا تخافوهم وخافون إن كنتم مؤمنين والدليل الرجاء قوله تعالى فمن كان يرجو لقاء ربه فليعمل عملا صالحا ولا يشرك بعبادة ربه أحدا والدليل التوكل قوله تعالى وعلى الله فتوكلوا إن كنتم مؤمنين وقوله تعالى ومن يتوكل على الله فهو حسبه والدليل الرغبة والرهبة والخشوع قوله تعالى إنهم كانوا يسارعون في الخيرات ويدعوننا رغبا ورهبا وكانوا لنا خاشعين والدليل الخشية قوله تعالى فلا تخشوهم واخشوني وقول والدليل الإنابة قوله تعالى وأنيبوا إلى ربكم وأسلموا له والدليل الاستعانة قوله تعالى إياك نعبد وإياك نستعين وفي الحديث إذا استعنت فاستعن بالله والدليل الاستعادة قوله تعالى قل أعوذ برب الفلق وقوله تعالى قل أعوذ برب الناس والدليل الاستغاثة قوله تعالى إذ تستغيثون ربكم فاستجاب لكم والدليل الذبح قوله تعالى قل إن صلاتي ونسكي ومحياي ومماتي لله رب العالمين لا شريك له ومن السنة قوله صلى الله عليه وسلم لعن الله من ذبح لغير الله والدليل النذر قوله تعالى يوفون بالنذر ويخافون يوما كان شره مستطيرا The author now goes into 14 different ibadah, which is the tafsil. So here, how much did he mention? The ijmal. He mentioned three. In the tafsil, he mentioned how many? 14. 14 ibadah. All of them are for Allah. The first one is what? The first one is a dua. The first one is a dua. The second one is al khawf. The third one is al raja. Al raja. The fourth one is a tawakkul. The fourth one is a tawakkul. The fifth, sixth, and seventh are the fifth one is a ragba. The fifth one is a ragba, a ragba. The sixth one is Ar-Rahba, Ar-Rahba, Ha, Ar-Rahba. The seventh one is Al-Khushu'ah. The eighth is Al-Khashiyah. The eighth one is Al-Khashiyah. The ninth one is Al-Inaba, 
الإنابة إنابة The tenth one is الاستعانة The eleventh one is الاستعاذة الاستعاذة ذه ذل So number ten was استعانة with noon and number eleven is الاستعاذة and number twelve is الاستغاثة استغاثة الاستغاثة And the thirteenth is الذبح الذبح And the fourteenth is النذر is النذر is النذر The evidence that he brought for the Dua is how many? By the way, the author, how many, how many ibadat did he mention here in the detailed one? 14. He bought 16 evidence for it. Sorry, 16 evidences. 14 are ayat and 2 are hadiths. This gives us an idea of the author of this book. This author, he is a man who uses the Quran the most. He generally uses more Quran than he uses hadith. Why? Because people generally don't reject the Quran. So if you've got an evidence in the Qur'an, use it in your advantage. That doesn't mean that the sunnah is not evidence. It is. But if you can, it's more stronger for your evidences. So the author, rahimahullah, he generally sticks with ayat until he needs a hadith. He brought for the first one, for the 14, the first one. What was the first one? What was the first one? Ad-du'a. He brought a hadith. Which is الدُّعَاء مُخُ الْعِبَادَةِ And that hadith is That hadith is ضعيف The hadith he brought But the ayah suffices him Which is وَقَالَ رَبُّكُمْ مُدْعُونِي أَسْتَجِبَ لَكُمْ إِنَّ الَّذِينَ اسْتَكْبِرُونَ عَنْ عِبَادَتِي سَيَدْخُلُونَ جَهَنَّمَ دَاخِرِينَ This ayah shows that the dua is a what? It's a ibadah And the ayah Is in surah Surah Ghafir, right? Ayah 60, Surah Ghafir, right? The second one is what? Surah Ali Imran. Uh, sorry, the second one is Al-Khawf, fear, right? What is the evidence? Surah Ali Imran, Ayah 175. The third one is Al-Raja. And the evidence for that is Ayah 110, Surah Al-Kahf. فَمَنْ كَانَ يَرْجُوا لِقَاءَ رَبِّهِ فَلْيَعْمَلْ عَمَلًا صَالِحًا وَلَا يُشْرِكْ بِعِبَادَةِ رَبِّهِ أَحَدًا. توكل 
he brought two evidence for tawakkul. Ma'idah, ayah 23, and talaq, ayah 3. Al-Raghba, wal-Rahba, wal-Khushu' He brought Surah Al-Anbiya, ayah 90. Khashiyah, <coughs> which is the next, he brought the ayah in Surah Al-Baqarah, ayah 150. Inaba, he brought the ayah in Surah Al-Zumar, ayah 54. Isti'ana, he brought the ayah 5 in Surah Al-Fatiha. And the hadith, إِذَا اسْتَعَنْتَ فَاسْتَعِنْ بِاللَّهِ He used that hadith. إِذَا اسْتَعَنْتَ فَاسْتَعِنْ بِاللَّهِ The 11th, which is isti'adha, he used قُلْ أَعُوذُ بِالْفَلَقْ Ayah 1 of Surah Al-Falaq and قُلْ أَعُوذُ بِرَبِّ النَّاسِ Ayah 1 for Surah Al-Nas. Number 13, number 12, he brought ayah 9, Surah Al-Anfal. لِتَسْتَغِيثُونَ رَبَّكُمْ فَاسْتَجَابَ لَكُمْ Number 13, Al-Dhabhu, he brought Surah Al-An'am, ayah 162, and a hadith for it. لَعَنَ اللَّهُ مَنْ ذَبَحَ لِغَيْرِ اللَّهِ And the 14th is Al-Nadhru, and he brought the 7th ayah in Surah Al-Insan. What is the author trying to prove? He's trying to prove that all of these are what? All of these are ibadah. And these are my evidence. So if I ever see you calling on to anyone other than Allah, shirk. If you slaughter for anyone other than Allah, shirk. If you make an oath to anyone other than Allah, shirk. These are all, these 14 are ibadah. All together, brothers. You're not allowed to divert it for anyone other than Allah Azza wa Jalla. Only for Allah. Here we finished the first foundation, which is what? Knowing who? Knowing Allah Tabaraka wa Ta'ala. Now we're going to go into what? Now we're going to go into the second foundation. This is the main point, And we'll leave that for... Next week, inshallah ta'ala. Next week, we'll finish it, bi-idhnillahi, al-kareeb, the book, inshallah ta'ala. Anything I might have said that was wrong or incorrect is from me and shaytan and Allah and his messenger are free from it. Subhanakallahumma bihamdik, ashadu an la ilaha illallah, astaghfiruka wa atubu ilayhi.